0: Good morning and welcome to the Ninth Circuit. Judge Bybee and I are pleased to welcome our colleague, Judge Gaitan from the Western District of Missouri, who is sitting with us by designation. The first case for argument this morning are the consolidated for argument cases of Velasquez Reyes versus Samsung and Samsung versus Ramirez, and you may proceed.
1: Good morning, and may it please the court. I'm Rob Katerberg for Samsung. I'd like to please reserve five minutes for rebuttal. The issue in these cases is whether arbitration agreements with Samsung were formed when Mr. Ramirez and Ms. Velasquez Reyes purchased and used their phones. Under California law, that turns on whether a reasonably prudent smartphone purchaser in their position would be deemed on notice from materials provided with the phones that there were terms and conditions that applied. The packaging and documentation for these phones easily satisfies that standard because one, the outside of the box told consumers that device purchase was subject to Samsung terms and conditions. Two, the Samsung guidebook of key information in the box told users on the first page, right under the cover, that the booklet contained terms and conditions and by using the phone, you accept those terms and conditions And three, the arbitration provision here is set up in the guidebook as a freestanding provision that's independent from Samsung's warranty. Each of those features specifically remedies a shortcoming that the court in Norcia found with an older model of Samsung's smartphone, and collectively they provide a degree of notice that far surpasses that in Norcia. Through these mechanisms, the fact that there were terms involved was called to the attention of the recipients, which is the touchstone under California law. Now, we'd submit that the most important thing for the court to focus on is that language on the inside cover of the guidebook. In Norcia, an arbitration provision was buried deep inside a product brochure that gave no indication anywhere that it contained terms and conditions. So as a result, the court... Said that Norcia came within the rule that a contract is not formed where the document a does not appear to be a contract and b the terms are not called to the attention of the recipient. Here, in contrast, the first inside page of the brochure proclaimed in boldface, centered type: "This document contains important terms and conditions with respect to your device." By Before using, you,
0: you're now you had to get inside the book to see that, right?
1: Well, ab- absolutely. You,
0: you remind you, us again, what does the cover of the booklet say?
1: The cover of the booklet says product. It's, it's slightly different in the two different versions in the two cases. But in, in the Ramirez case, it's product safety and warranty information. On the other, okay. it's health so, and safety and warranty guide.
0: And what in the world would one think in reading that? It doesn't say that you're going to open it up and there's going to be terms and conditions.
1: Well, so that—that's
0: really, I think, one of the difficulties that you have to overcome. And there's two I'd, I'd like you to address. One is that it there's no clear statement there that what you're going to be opening up is terms and conditions under which you may not um, use the phone unless you agree to those. And the second is doesn't matter here that this relates to these third-party sellers who basically take it all out, give you the phone put everything into the bag, and so you're not even going through the steps that you would do if you were the kind of the initial recipient. Do those facts matter?
1: So let me take the, the second okay. one first because I think Norcia directly addresses it. So in Norcia itself, it was undisputed, undisputed fact that the, um, the purchaser left everything at the store. They, they didn't take the bag or any of the contents with them. The, 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 the same facts were present. Um, allegedly there uh, that Your Honor just described about how the store employee you know, uh, set up the device and all that, and, and that, that that did not make a difference. The, the court at Norcia moved on to this analysis of whether the reasonable purchaser was was put on notice because a reasonable purchaser could choose to keep that stuff and look at it or, 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 or could choose not to. Um, so it, it turns on whether notice is given based on the pre- packaging
2: and documentation.
1: Now, as to the other well, question. I
2: don't think that quite answers Judge McEwen's question because in Norcia's we, we decided that, of course, that what you gave them was not sufficient. so the, the, the fact is, as to what, what, the, uh, what they got from the third party seller became irrelevant. It's like an, it could have been an alternative holding. The Norcia court might have thought, well, this is also infirm, but it didn't need to reach it once it reached the other question. Well, the Nor- you, Nor- have, C- you have to the, win on both points.
1: Norcia passed quickly over that because they said that um, reasonable consumers, when they rec- when consumers receive things, uh, they, it's their choice whether they want to discard it or leave it behind or take it with them. And, and it just so happened that there they left it behind. But th- that was not the uh, dispositive distinction that Norcia made. Now, as to the, the brochure itself, the title... The title of the brochure is not dispositive because what that essentially would assume is that this guidebook never gets opened. If it's opened, it absolutely cannot be missed, that there are terms and conditions inside that apply to the to the use of the device. So the only way that the decisions below, which I think it's fair to say both decisions did turn on this distinction of whether the guidebook can be assumed to be open or not, the only way those decisions make sense is to assume that the box, excuse me, the booklet stays permanently
2: shut. It essentially becomes a paperweight. What, what do we do? What do we do? Norcia drew a distinction between, between warranty and contract. said warranty is uh, are the promises that a seller is making about their, about their product and your booklet says Health and Safety and Warranty Guide, it doesn't say Contract with, contract with Samsung.
1: The, the cover contains that title, but if you look immediately inside the cover, the very first page says this document contains important terms and conditions with respect to your device. Uh, not, terms, I, terms and conditions could be the terms and conditions of the warranty.
0: Well, or the it, health and safety, or the product safety. But, but it's
1: it's not in in, in that in, in that key language on the inside page of the guidebook. It's not in any way limited to the warranty. And then if we flip a couple more pages, right? To but the, you but you haven't been alerted that there's anything else other than a warranty or health and safety. Oh, if if you only look at the first at that at the opening cover, but I'd also like to well, turn to no,
0: first. You look at the first. You look at the title, and it's not dispositive. I agree, but it, it does tell you what's in there, either health and safety and warranty, or product safety and warranty neither of which conveys that there's going to be some kind of terms and conditions um, that you are going to accept in terms of other matters. Then you open it up, and it says there's terms and conditions. So we still don't know any more than we knew on page one. Now you're saying let's go to page three or further in. Correct?
1: Well, you get you get there. To be clear, you get there on the, the first page immediately inside the guidebook. But the, well, the table... You know, well, we,
0: we've gone over that. We've okay. gone over the cover. We've gone on the inside page. So let's not beat to death the inside page. I understand. After the inside page, you then go to what?
1: The page immediately after the inside page talks again about, talks specifically about arbitration. So the the inside page gives notice that there's going to be terms and conditions, and the page after that talks specifically about arbitration. And then there's a table of contents, which is critically structured differently than the one in Norcia, in which the arbitration provision appears as a standalone entry. It's not within the warranty. So the important thing to note about Norcia is in Norcia, The arbitration provision was literally embedded within the warranty. It was part of frequently asked questions about the warranty. So you had questions like, what's covered under the warranty? What do I need to do to get warranty service? And then on par with that, you have, what's the procedure for resolving disputes? Here, it's taken out of the warranty. It's in a standalone, freestanding section. Now, also, it – on this larger issue of whether a reasonable consumer can be assumed or expected to open documents, think about all of the cases in California and elsewhere where consumers are held to terms that they receive in envelopes in the mail. You could receive an envelope from a, from a bank, from a credit card company that has not has your billing statement, and there's nothing on the outside of the envelope that says there's terms and conditions inside. But still, all of these cases assume that reasonable consumers open the mail, and likewise, the court can assume here that when somebody spends hundreds of dollars on an expensive state of the art technology device that they 're going to carry with them for most of their waking hours and you use dozens of times a day that they 're going to at least crack the cover of an important brochure that contains safety information in order to see what 's inside. Think about tort cases failure to warn cases there 's nothing that says that a warning has to be on the cover of a document and it 's ignored if it 's immediately inside. The document in this court in Altman, which is a case cited in our brief, 538 F3rd at 1271, enforced a one-year limitations period for cruise ship passenger suits based on a travel booklet that they're handed when they get on the ship that starts with the itinerary and the contractual language doesn't start until page 11. So to impose a more rigid rule here uh, would essentially be an arbitration-specific rule that would run headlong into the Supreme Court's admonition that, Arbitration agreements have to be placed on equal footing uh, with other types of contracts. Now, I haven't talked yet about the outside of the box. The outside of the box, before we even get to the guidebook, says device purchase subject to additional Samsung terms and conditions, and that's another important distinction from Norcia, because in Norsia the court emphasized that the outside of the Galaxy S4 box did not notify the consumer that opening the box would be considered agreement. That's from page 1287. I want to be very clear about something. A notification on the outside of a product box is not legally required for contract formation, and so we know that from Hill versus Gateway, which is sort of a bedrock case in that this, this area. There was no language on the outside of the Gateway 2000 computer box there, but the Seventh Circuit specifically rejected the notion that that made a difference. But here we have belt and suspenders because the notifications provide that the, the terms and conditions alert on the outside of the boxes as well as in the guidebooks. Now, in Norcia, this court expressed perhaps some doubt about whether California would recognize the principles uh, of in-the-box terms, in-the-box contracting, in cases like Hill versus Gateway. And I want to emphasize the two recent decisions of two different California courts of appeal that now confirm that California, like every other jurisdiction, recognizes the principal and Hill. So in Chow, the 2nd District Court of Appeal reversed a denial of a motion to compel arbitration based on terms provided by mail. Um, and likewise in Shouldner, the 1st District uh, Court of Appeal said that somebody who bought gift cards at an office depot was bound by an agreement that came inside the gift card packaging and was not disclosed at the time of purchase. I see my time is running low. I'd like to reserve the remaining time for rebuttal.
0: You may.
3: May I please the court, Jordan Elias for plaintiff and appellee Dulce Alondra Velasquez Reyes. The district court correctly concluded that no arbitration agreement was ever formed between Samsung and Ms. Reyes. The court reached that conclusion under this court's Norcia precedent because in both Norcia and this case, Samsung's agreement was not called to the attention. Of the consumer, and it wasn't made. So, uh,
2: Council, if you were crafting a bright line rule, if you were sitting in our seats and, needed, and wanted to, to give a, sort of a bright line rule, what would you tell Samsung? What have they, what have they got to do? They have, they have, they have competing, com- competing um, interests in consumers and others, all of which have to be on a box, all of which have to be in bold, all of which have to be in 16 point type. Uh, and at some point, the boxes just become too big and overwhelm <laughs> the phone. Uh, so what, what would you say has to be there?
3: Well, so the, the Bright Line rule derives from California law, and it has to do with this uh, specific context of contracting where uh, the means of acceptance uh, of the offer is to be through inaction or silence. And under those circumstances, uh, California long has, law has long held that um, the offer has to be Clearly and conspicuously disclosed to the offeree so if we
2: just if we just had the electronic click that all of us don't ever read and just click that would be sufficient
3: well of course, click wrap is a different context of right. contracting, your Honor, and the law is still developing in that context, and one of the concepts there is uh, the proximity of the terms w- uh, in relation to what the consumer clicks but
2: if you were if, if you were at the third party seller, if you were at a Verizon store buying this and and the uh, Guy selling it says I can set it up for you, but you will have to go through a little a little stuff here on the monitor, and you just had to click something that says I've read the terms and conditions and, and agree. That that would be sufficient.
3: Um, I think that, that could be a way that Samsung could alter its business practices to come into compliance with Norcia. Oh, but, that was a know. very mealy answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, kind of a yes or
2: kind of, you, you can give kind of a yes or no. I, I'm asking for a bright line rule. So a way that Samsung could come into compliance with its obligations is is a is a pretty mealy answer.
3: Well, it's hard to it's hard to give a definitive answer unless you see all of the evidence because this is a totality of circumstances test. But uh, well, uh, let's let's so let start me, let's
0: start with everything that you get. You get the box. Inside the box is the telephone and a booklet, correct? This box says, as I understand, and I don't want to mix up the different models of the phone, but that there's terms and conditions, right? Does that say that on the box? Correct. Okay. So by looking at the box, you know there's going to be other terms and conditions. Does the box say that um, by opening the box, you accept the terms and conditions?
3: No, it does not say that.
0: Okay. So there, I mean... I'm not suggesting how Samsung should write this, but there is a possibility there that it could. What if it said, "Additional terms and conditions inside. By opening this box, you accept these terms and conditions." Is that all right?
3: Um, It it could be. You would have to look at the packaging, and well, you have to look at the packaging inside as well, because what that does not state. your Honor is where the terms and conditions can be found so let me let me read to you this is in the record what no, let me keep
0: asking a few questions because well. you're you know <laughs> you keep wanting to say well this isn't good enough but when asked what's good enough you're not able to tell us so no, I tell now, you now I've opened now I have the box yes now I open the box and inside the box it says um, help and safety and warranty guide and terms and conditions. Is that enough notice if it puts that on the cover of the piece, of the big booklet inside?
3: Yes, I believe that would be if you have the disclosure on the box that Your Honor stated. Now, here's what Samsung currently says on the box. Important information. If you open the package, use or retain this device, you accept Samsung's terms and conditions, including an arbitration agreement. Full terms, warranty, and opt-out information can be found in the enclosed materials. That's in the record, in the Ramirez that, that record. That's what was on the box here, or that's what's on, on their current box? That's on their current box, and that's in the record at Ramirez right. ER 39. That's
0: not what was on this box.
3: No, so that's what they do now, and that shows now that they can – Now, let's stop there. Yes.
0: Is that sufficient?
3: I believe that would be sufficient, and that's what they did after this court handed down Norcia, which goes to show that they're perfectly capable of doing this. Complying with the California principle of law is not going to upend their business model in any way. They're trying to get the, um, the the benefit of doing it wrong, but they know how to do it right. And so both district courts in I this. I don't ab-
0: think you can say they're trying to get the benefit of doing it wrong. I mean, that was the packaging in play when your clients bought the telephone. So um, that was without the benefit of Norcia, correct?
3: I believe that they designed the packaging before Norcia, correct. Okay. I'm happy to entertain further questions, Judge McEwen.
0: No, I mean, basically you've said that the current packaging is fine and this packaging is deficient. Is that right?
3: Yes. Okay. So if I could uh, say a little bit more, I think the primary distinction that I hear Samsung trying to make from Norcia is this reference on the box to terms and conditions. Um, The panel asked Mr. Caterberg about the brochure, so I don't think I need to belabor that other than to say it's not really freestanding because uh, the arbitration agreement is enclosed within the booklet. So it may be a standalone section, but it's not a standalone document. And then turning to the the box, this terms and conditions reference really um, is vague to the point of being meaningless, and it doesn't get Samsung across the line to giving fair notice for at least three reasons. First, just purely focusing on the form, the language is very... Hard to pick out. It's in the middle of a paragraph in fine print at the very bottom of the back of the box, in the smallest print on the box. So it's not prominent or conspicuous as is required in this contractual setting by California law. Second, even if somebody were to see that reference on the box, it's inexplicably placed between two sentences that talk about corporate intellectual property rights. So it's really. Can I
0: just go back to something you said about the freestanding arbitration agreement? Is it your position that? The arbitration agreement needs to be a separate piece of paper. No. All right. I just want to make sure. Is it, so it can be inside of a product safety terms and conditions and warranty booklet.
3: That's right. Assuming it's properly labeled. Thank you. So, uh, so th- this we have to look at the context and the totality of circumstances test, and this one is placed in between two sentences that are full of legalese, and it's really not clear. Um, from that reference that the terms and conditions are going to bind the consumer if she simply uses the phone. Uh, And this reference doesn't make that condition clear. And then the simple phrase terms and conditions says nothing about where to find those terms. It doesn't say that they're enclosed within the box. Um, And again, the brochure is not labeled terms and conditions, doesn't appear to be a contract. So a reasonable consumer really couldn't put two and two together, just like in Norcia, it's Samsung's burden to show the existence of an agreement, and Samsung hasn't carried that burden. A reasonable consumer would not open a booklet entitled Health and Safely and Warranty Guide unless there's, they need to invoke the warranty, unless there's a product problem, or they have reason to think that their health or safety are in danger. And that is not the case when somebody buys a smartphone. So we, we respectfully urge the court to affirm the decision, not only in our case, the Ray's case, but also in the Ramirez case. And with the court's indulgence, uh, Mr. Brannock is prepared to give some additional reasons for affirmance.
0: Thank you.
4: Good morning, Your Honors. May it please the court. I'm Steve Brannick of Brannick & Humphreys here representing Mr. Ramirez. If I may, let me start with what does Samsung need to do to get this right, because I don't think it's that hard. The first thing they could do to get this right is just to use a clip-wrap agreement. Courts all over the country enforce clip-wrap rack, clip rack agreements all the time, and they do it because it solves both of the problems that Samsung has here. First, it makes it absolutely clear that the consumer has seen the terms and conditions. If... You have a box that you have to scroll through, and you have to click I accept before you're allowed to use the device. There is absolutely no ambiguity that the consumer has seen the terms, had the opportunity to read the terms, and has assented to those terms. So that's the very simple way to do this, just make sure that the consumer clicks I accept before they use the phone. But if they don't want to use a click wrap agreement, then they can do what they did in the box uh, in the Galaxy uh, S8, which is in the record at uh, ER 39, which uh, Mr. Elias uh, talked about, which is instead of burying um, a reference to um, terms and conditions in some fine print at the bottom of the box, have a paragraph that says important information, terms and conditions are inside this box, your opening of the box and your use of this product is going to constitute acceptance of those terms and conditions. And then if you couple that with a a brochure in this, inside the box that says terms and conditions instead of product safety and warranty information, then, again, that solves the problem that they, they have here. So it's not, it's not that hard, um, and that's what they should be compelled to do. Remember, this is their burden. They're the ones that want to enforce this contract. They're the ones that need to take the steps to make sure that the consumer sees the, 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 the fact that they are offering to contract. I want to talk a little bit about the Norcia case because I think Norcia recognizes two propositions of California law that decide this case. The first proposition is that consumers can't be bound by terms of which they are unaware, and the undisputed facts here um, are that both Mr. Ramirez, in our case, and Mr. Velasquez in the other case, were not aware of any offer to contract. And the second proposition of, of uh, California law is it's not good enough just to, st- to put some stuff in the box. Consumers are, are not deemed to have accepted something that's in the box by, uh, by their mere silence. Again, consumers can't accept terms of which they are unaware. Those two propositions, both recognized in Norcia, decide this case. Particularly, it's easy in this case because the undisputed facts are that our client, Mr. Ramirez, never saw the materials. The materials were never um, brought to his attention. He never looked at them. The bag disappeared before he ever had a chance to get inside them. So, to me, that ends this case. Now, Samsung says that there is some sort of um, reasonable consumer test that applies, and uh, and I think they overstate that. I think courts in these cases have to look, as a matter of fact, to see whether the consumer, in fact, saw the materials. And in some cases, the consumer denies the material, so the court has to go through a normal factual analysis to see whether that denial is credible. But there isn't a single California case where the facts uh, it, where, where either a court has found that there was no notice, or the undisputed facts were that there were notice, there is no case that, in the face of a determination that the consumer never saw the offer to contract, that the court still, under some sort of reasonable consumer test, enforces a uh, a contract that the, the consumer never saw. So I think they overstate the existence of this reasonable per, um, this reasonable consumer so, test.
0: Let me, so let's um, let's say we've got the perfect box with the perfect booklet, with the perfect title, with the perfect call-out for arbitration. But then we have this situation where a reseller or somebody else says, here, here's your telephone, and then there goes the box. So then are they still back in the soup, in your view?
4: I think that the consumer in that case would still have a very good argument that they they were not aware of the offer to contract. I mean, I think – no
0: fault of Samsung.
4: Well,
2: Do do they sue Verizon?
0: They sue a third-party reseller. Who do they sue?
4: Remember, if Samsung wants to offer a contract to a consumer, it it is its burden to make sure that that contract gets offered to the burden. If it,
0: it you, it's if offered, it, it's in the box.
2: You, you can't you can't open the box without with, with, without without seeing the language there. But if but if somebody else has entrusted somebody else to open the box for them, if
4: if Samsung chooses to to. Leave that important offer to contract to some intermediate third party, and 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 the record shows here in both of these cases, and other courts have commented on this, that the industry practice is to just set up the phone and tuck this stuff away. I still think that that's a problem for them. I mean, I don't need the court to go that far to resolve well, my the, case. But the
0: reason I'm asking is because it, you know, it's like Samsung could never could never insulate itself under your theory.
4: Oh, certainly it could. It could use you a click wrap it could, agreement.
0: You, it could use a yeah, click I mean, wrap, but we'll be back here deciding that case later. Yeah.
4: So, you know, if, if they are going to rely on an intermediary, that's, the, the point I'm making is this is Samsung's problem. This is not the consumer's problem.
0: And am I correct that these are individual consumer cases, correct? Yes. We have two, two individuals here with a motion to compel arbitration. You know, the class that's action, that's we just have... Two cases of two people with problems with their phones.
4: Well, in our case, it's a personal injury case. Yes. Uh, and theirs is a case where I think that it is, a, in fact, a class action. The Velasquez about the, uh, the the representations relating to Within. the waterproof nature mm-hmm. of the of the of, of the phone. But our case is, you know, clearly individual consumer personal injury, having nothing to do with warranty infor- information. So I mean, we have by far the easiest case you could have here. The only other point that I really want to make is I think they also overstate what these in-the-mail and in-the-box cases say. Um, In those cases, if you look at the, the facts of those cases, in every one of the cases where the court has compelled arbitration, there has either been an admission by the consumer that they saw the terms and conditions and just chose not to read them. So those are very routine cases. We all know if you don't read it, that's your tough luck. But there was either an admission that they saw the terms and conditions or there was a factual finding by the district court based on all of the evidence that the consumer, in fact, saw those terms and conditions. There is no in-the-mail case. There is no in-the-box case where the courts impose some sort of burden on consumers to go rummaging through Uh, a box to find out whether there's terms and conditions in there or rummage through envelopes. There's no case that imposes that sort of duty. There are cases that decide, as a matter of fact, that the consumer has, in fact, seen the documentation, has, in fact, been chosen to ignore it. But I think they take those in-the-box cases and in mail cases way too far. And the Chow in the shoulder case that they say somehow retracts from uh, Norcia's statement that uh, that the uh... california doesn't uh, um... follow the hill in the box they they don't they don't say that at all um... chow cites hill only for the proposition that um, it's no defense that you didn't read terms and conditions. It doesn't say anything about the -the in-the-box doctrine. And the shoulder case, all it says is that it's it's permissible to contract by sending out terms and conditions later. But it doesn't say that the consumer doesn't have to see those terms and conditions before there is a contract form. So I think the law is absolutely clear for all those reasons. uh, The uh, decision of the district court to deny uh, their motion to compel arbitration should be affirmed.
0: Thank you. You have some rebuttal time?
1: Thank you, Your Honor. I'm astounded to hear that there's never been a case where California courts have enforced an arbitration clause based on inquiry notice, which is what I think I just heard, because that happens routinely. That happens constantly, and there's cases cited in our brief. So the Yanko and the Maselli cases, credit card arbitration agreements and credit card cardholder agreements were provided by mail, the plaintiffs denied ever receiving the mail that contained the cardholder agreement that had the arbitration clause. Nevertheless, it's enforced. Wright versus Sirius is a satellite radio case. There was a paper welcome kit that was provided. The, again, the plaintiff denied receiving it. So if the plaintiff denies receiving it and there's no evidence to controvert that, of course it has to be enforced by, based on inquiry notice. In fact, the North Sea decision would have been a big waste of time if it turned on actual notice because actual, the lack of actual notice was not challenged um, in that case. Um, I also want to address this issue about, you know, there could be various ways to do it better. There could be ways to give better notice because, let me tell you something, there's always going to be a way to give better notice. Um, it could be in 48-point thought, but then we'd be hearing, well, it should be in 54-point thought. There's there's a variety of ways to accomplish the function that California law prescribes of putting a reasonable consumer on notice, which is that it has to be called to their attention that there are terms and conditions applicable to the transaction. There's no one single formula. There's no magic words. Um, And the problem that a company in Samsung's position faces is that there are many different states. There are many different courts. Um, Maybe a legislature could adopt a generally applicable rule that notice has to be, uh, uh done in a certain way but it 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 creates a fundamentally chaotic situation for one quarter after another to say that well you need to do this a little differently to to make it better the, the the function for this court should be to determine whether samsung's notice meets a minimum standard and it should not be a test of whether they should have or could have um done more um i want to address um the issue about the language on the outside of the box. So there were some questions about whether the language device purchase subject to wasn't quite as good as it would be if it, for example, said by opening you accept um, the terms and conditions. But the words subject to mean exactly the same thing. Again, there's no magic words test here. And if there was, there would be a serious problem with the equal footing rule in cases like uh, Concepcion and uh, Doctors Associates versus Cacerado. In fact, in the Altman case I mentioned earlier, now that was federal common law, um, that was not California law, but we submit there's probably not a, day, not a lot of daylight between how California would look at the issue. The cruise ticket... Uh, where the contractual terms and conditions appeared on page 11 of the travel booklet, used that exact language so that the ticket was issued subject to terms and conditions. That did not present any kind of problem in terms of the court holding, that it was reasonably communicated to the consumer, and therefore the um, in that case it wasn't an arbitration provision, but it was a one-year contractual limitations period would be enforced. Um, and so we think the, the, the variety of distinctions that uh, – Samsung has made here through the improvements in the packaging since the Norcia decision um, uh, are dispositive in taking this case out of uh, the, the outcome in Norcia. And ap- applying the standard in Norcia and the other cases we've cited, we think that uh, the, these various um, ways of providing notice uh, have put a reasonable consumer on notice, and we would ask that the judgments in both cases be reversed and the plaintiffs compelled to arbitration.
0: Thank you. Thank you all for your argument this morning. The cases of Velasquez-Reyes versus Samsung and Samsung versus Ramirez are submitted.